Welcome to the Business Animal Podcast. Saddle up for a gallop to the top of the animal industry, where you'll learn how to tame your wild business beast with tips, techniques, and tools that will take overwhelm to obedience school and have you wagging your tail with joy. And now your hosts, Kim Beer and Kara Taylor Swift. Hey there, business animals. It's Kim with Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. Hi, Kim. Good morning. Hey, Kara. It's early today. <laughs> it is. I feel like I have a lot of sleep in my voice still. We are up very early this morning to get this done. <laughs> we certainly are. It feels like we should be going on a photo shoot. That was what I thought when I got up this early, because I usually sleep in at least another hour or so. Yeah, there's really no other reason to be up this early unless you're off to a sunrise <laughs> photo shoot. So I'm trying to... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why we did this to ourselves, but we're here now. So, so let's knock this out. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And you know what? We have the perfect topic to talk about, which is collaboration versus competition. Yeah. That's so, a good topic. you know, that term of the early bird gets the worm. So we're here, not as competition, but to collaborate, to uh, get the worm. <laughs> I like that. There you so go. Good mindset shift there this morning from the early as I wipe the sleep out of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we hope that the folks out there that you're you're well rested and not not as, as sleepy as we are this morning for this particular <laughs> episode. So I'm sure we'll we'll wake up partway through it. So there's this idea in when you are a small business owner that I've worked with a lot of them and they're very hungry. So especially when you start out in business, people are always very hungry with their businesses mm -hmm. and they look at everything as competition. And it honestly is such an anxiety inducing procedure to look around you and see everything is something that is in competition with you. And then as you continue along in your business, you start to figure out that you have a place and you have your spot and you kind of carve out your little niche in the in your particular industry and in your clients' lives. And then you start to see a look around you and you start to see other types of competition, direct competition. And I know I've worked and actually been hired from some companies to help them outdo their competition. So competition is such a thought and subject for small business owners. And one of the things that I've learned after being in business for 30 plus years is there really isn't any competition. <laughs> the The game is, is more of learning how to collaborate and how to embrace that old cliche of my enemy, my friend. So yeah. How do you feel about competition in your business, Kara? Well, I liked when you were talking about like when you first start out, you're hungry and you're you know, your goal is to like, I'm putting everybody else out of business. I'm going to be the best of the best. And, and really what I think is happening there is you've got to acknowledge the part that like ego and pride might be playing and how that plays a role. And it's like, it has to do with fear too. So that first part, it can make it really tricky to let go of the competition and take a look at seeing that being friends or being friendly or being collaborative with other people that are already in the industry 
or that are coming into the industry or that maybe have been there a lot longer than you is not a sign of weakness it's a sign that you're ready to grow. And so I think that's kind of one piece of it. And then the other piece of it is you have to acknowledge the fear. Fear that if you share knowledge, you share resources with other business owners, that you as a business owner are going to lose something or you're going to be open to exploitation or I don't know that you're just not going to get your full piece of the business pie. And I think those two pieces, I know for me, the ego and pride one, like I had to struggle with that a little bit because I've always come from such a mindset of you come into the market, you be the best of the best and you take every piece of pie that you can take and you leave nothing for anyone else. And that was something that is, I think that's just an older school mindset that's drilled into people and it's drilled into businesses. When the truth is this collaborative piece that we're going to talk about is how you uplift the entire industry and you bring more for everyone. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of that drive for competition We learn it as a kid, you know, we learn it from our family members. If we had highly competitive family members or our caretakers or were highly competitive when we were growing up and we watch that and we learn it and then we replicate it in places in our lives where it's not always that appropriate. And also that scarcity, (laughs) that word again, I have a terrible time with that word. I still say scarcity. Anyway, (laughs) the scarcity mindset, you can't, there's something you can't pronounce, but that one's definitely my, um, my one word I can't do, but there's that mindset that there's not enough. There's just not enough for anybody, let alone enough for everybody. And that I've got to take my piece of pie. And I think one of the biggest ahas in my business life was when I started, well, when I started teaching other businesses. So that had to be a big moment for me Yeah, when I started teaching other businesses, because I start teaching classes about business and I'm up there utilizing this as a way to get more clients, right? Especially back in the day when I did website design and strict marketing consultation. And I'm up there positioned as an expert. And then I would have a duplicate of my business, at least one, and sometimes two show up in every single class. So now not only am I teaching them, I'm helping them. And that's where this mindset really came into play for me. But back to what I was saying about, you know, you get that stuff ingrained in your head. And if you came from a mindset of, oh my gosh, we have to have everything, then it becomes really, really hard to stand in those shoes of collaboration and say, it's okay to share. It's okay to put your stuff out there. The biggest lesson that I learned both in my photography business and in my marketing and consulting business is that collaboration got me far further than being competitive ever did. And specifically, I gave the example of teaching the classes. Here's the thing. When I was open and answered the questions for those businesses that were duplicates of mine in the room, everybody saw that grace and everybody 
appreciated it. Now, did those businesses get customers from that room? Absolutely. But that was a class of 35 people. There was plenty for three. I didn't need all of them. Not only did I not need them, I couldn't have probably handled having all of them, nor would I have wanted to work with all of them. They were not businesses I wanted to work with. So that was part of it. In my photography business, when I used to shoot ratings, I would repeatedly have people come up to the rail and shoot off of the rail next to me, individuals. And I, I don't know if you've ever done horse shows, but that was that was a really common thing to have happen. And as cell phones and video cameras and all of those things became more and more prevalent in the show industry, I would see more and more people do that. And at first, if I saw them with a professional camera, I would go tell management. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, this is my, I'm the official photographer. I am the yeah. OP. I am the queen. I am the diva. And this person isn't supposed to be shooting along the rail. And they would go talk to them and say, you know, why are you doing these pictures? And I'd get all bent out of shape about it. I was really young when I was doing that. Then eventually I got super smart and started, started asking, you know, you know, hi, hey, I love, it's love that you're into photography. Tell me more about what you photograph kind of in between shots. I'd chat with them and get to know them. And what was funny is that opened the door for them to come over to my booth to buy pictures. And what's more is that when I made the jump to be an instructor there, the first at the beginning, a lot of those people came to me for instruction because they were hobbyists or mm-hmm. prosumers. And it ended up, again, making me far more money to collaborate than compete. And so this topic that we're talking about today, I think it's an important one to discuss for entrepreneurs to understand Let's make a little bit of a mindset shift if you haven't already, or more if you have started it. I love it. So would you like to dive into the big three that we're going to talk about today? Sure. Our big three for collaboration over competition is number one is to start by identifying what is truly competition and what's not. And then the second of the big three is taking the time to search for joint venture opportunities that will build both businesses. We've talked about joint ventures a lot on this show, and now we're going to talk about it in terms of this collaboration over competition piece. And then the third is become an active industry support and networker. And this is my favorite piece. And then I'm, of course, I have a whole list of ways that animal-based business owners in the same industry can collaborate instead of compete with one another. So I'm definitely going to share that at the end of the episode, because I think that there's some really good stuff that goes across industries. Kim, do you want to jump into the big three, number one? Yes. So let's take a look at what is really competition for you versus what you have created as competition for yourself. Now, first, let me caveat that last little statement. I think it's good when you compete with yourself. That pushes you to do it better, to work at a higher level. And honestly, collaboration does as well, because when you collaborate with another business that is seen as maybe a little bit on the competitive side with your specific business, you uh, have to up your game just a little bit. Yep. So it does make you better. But things when you're first in business, again, everything seems like competition. But the truth is, is that your 
your brand is different from every other brand that's out there. And when we were prepping for this episode, we came up with a specific example of that with Kara's business. For example, Kara doesn't do weddings and I don't blame her. I've done a bunch in my career. And how many weddings have you done, Kara? Like one. (laughs) (laughs) So usually every photographer has to try one. You know, I I didn't even want to do it, (laughs) but I did one. And then I, I've done a a couple like, um, like elopement type weddings with horses. Yeah. But I don't count those as, I mean, they're weddings, but I don't count them as, those aren't Yeah, like you don't have the guests and the reception and all the, the nonsense pictures to photograph. So yeah, no, no, I don't do weddings. So to me, (laughs) wedding photography is like the really cool cookie on the buffet table. Like it's the one that you look at and you go, oh my gosh, that actually looks like it might taste good. And then you pick it up and it's like, you think it's chocolate chip and it's really oatmeal raisin. Oh yeah. (laughs) So so you're like highly disappointed when you get on the other end of it and see what, see what it's all about. (laughs) But for example, those are two photographers. And if you looked at the two photographers, if you looked at Kara's business and another business that specializes in weddings in St. Augustine, Florida, you might say, well, those two businesses are in competition with each other. No, they're not. They don't even begin to cross what clients, target market, styles, anything. So in technicality, those two photographers really aren't competition with each other. What's more is that there's an open door for collaboration. One thing that I know seems to be true around a lot of photographers is that they don't, if they, if you don't specialize in photographing horses, you tend not to be as good at photographing horses. Horses are something that has levels of understanding about how the horse (laughs) should look, how they should stand, what they should be doing with their ears, all of those things. And different disciplines, there's a lot of nuance to equine photography, just as there is with wedding photography, by the way. I don't want to say that wedding photographers don't have nuance in their lives. They certainly do. The thing is, is that when it comes to a wedding that has a horse in it, there's your collaboration, right? There's a wedding photographer that needs a very specialty type of photography in order to make their client happy. And there's where Kara could collaborate with a wedding photographer. And she said she did a a few elopements. I love how the horse people elope in your world. (laughs) They don't have the full on scheduled wedding. So uh, it's because you have no time when you have horses. But that's an idea of how we can look at another business's competition, but we need to understand that it's really different. And it's a kind of heavy handed example, but I think it gives that to you. Well, and I think you can drill down even further as well. I mean, even within my niche of equine photography, there are people that I refer to other equine photographers because there's parts of equine photography that I don't do, or I don't want to do, or there's locations that I don't want to serve because they're just a little too far, or they are looking for a specific product that I don't want to offer, you know, in terms of a print product. I just think there's so many different ways that even when you niche down into 
you know, you drill it down into your niche that there's other ways that you can collaborate and work with other people. So, I mean, I'm even thinking about like stock imagery and lights. I mean, just in the photography industry, but I'm sure in other animal based industries, that stuff is out there too. Absolutely. And if you're looking for yet another example of this, look at you and Phyllis and I with Cowgirls and Cameras. When you look at it on paper, we're competitive yep. with each other. I mean, we share mentees. I mean, there's a, it depends on how deep you dig to figure out that we're really able to collaborate with yeah. each other. It's a big deal. And I don't know if you would agree with this, but I don't see you as competition no. and I don't see Phyllis as competition. I see you as my business partners and my collaborators. Yeah. So again, it's changing your perspective on who is really your competition. And when I sit with a business, when they come to me for business consulting or marketing or those kind of things, and we, we drill down in onto this topic, cause it's always a hot topic with people, whether they're here for gestalt work or they're here for business building is to look at their competition. And, and I always say your bigger competition isn't the business that does the same thing as you are. It's the business that's competing for the same dollars that are in that slot in the budget of your client. So there's only so much money slotted in an equestrian's budget for things like photography or for art or things like that, that they're going to hang in their home. And in re reality, you're competing with a whole lot of other businesses yeah. that you may not even have considered that you're competing with. I have a great example of that. I have a client I'm working with right now and we're getting ready to do her photo shoot and she's been out buying like, oh gosh, I don't know. I need to get a new saddle for my photo shoot. Oh, I've got to get some new outfits for my photo shoot. And at first thought, you think, wow, she's really invested in this. And she's going out and she's buying all this new tack and she's paying a venue fee and she's doing all these things. And then you start thinking about like how much she's investing in the greater photo shoot experience and how that will translate to my end of things, which is the final piece of that, which is the wall art purchase. So you start yeah. thinking about what does that larger spend for her look like and how that's the dollars you're competing for right there. Yes. Oh, crap. She just spent a thousand dollars on a saddle and that might translate into her saying when we sit down, well, I spent so much getting ready for this photo shoot that now I can't afford to purchase from you the wall art. So when you yeah. think about it that way, then you really are competing against every other business. Absolutely. So, but anyway, it's, so it's very easy to, I don't know, it's like we get hyper-focused on the people that are doing something similar to us, but in reality, we're competing for the dollar. We're not necessarily competing for that. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but that really it hit does. me hard in this last year. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and I, I hate to give entrepreneurs a new reason to not sleep at night, but oh, it no. truthfully is probably the scarier piece of competition yeah. to you than those businesses that look exactly like yours. It's what are your clients spending their money on? Yes. Here's the cool thing about that though, is that if you're smart, what you can do is you can start to collaborate with those businesses yes. and 
that collaboration feels so easy. And what's more is that they have a customer that's doing the same thing, right? So the saddle maker is over here going, oh my gosh, this person is great. She's going to spend all this money with me. But then she's telling me about this photo shoot. Yep. So maybe she might not buy as expensive a saddle because she's saving and budgeting in for the photo shoot. So they have, the person on the other end of that has kind of the same experience that your business does. And it's a great example. Thank you for that, Karen. I think that it'll be fun for people to start to think about yeah. who else am I in business in competition yeah, you're with? competing for the dollar. For my client's dollars. Yeah. Yep. Who am I competing with for those dollars? Yeah, that's my two cents on this one. And I know I've spent quite a bit of time on it, but I think it's just really important to understand who are you really competing with in your business? What are your thoughts around this same topic? Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I think you kind of started rolling us right into the joint venture, which is our big three number two, searching for a joint venture opportunity that will build both businesses. And I think that piece around being open to partnering with other animal-based businesses, it can really open up access to new markets and customer bases. And that can lead to what we're all looking for, which is increased sales and increased growth for our business. That's kind of the first thing that popped into my mind with that. And I know you like to jump in. Did you want to jump into this piece right here for me? save me for a second. I want to remind people that we've done a couple of episodes around building your sustainability squad and joint ventures. And I think that we have provided a ton of wisdom in previous episodes that I don't want to overhash in this mm-hmm. episode because I think it's, it's better done in other places, but joint ventures are the way that I built my business, I used networking and I always have, and I I still think it's the most solid way to build your business. And collaboration here is so key because when you're a new business owner or you're in a growth mode as a business owner, the easiest and fastest way to get where you want to go is to find a business that you can collaborate with that serves the same audience that you want to reach. Because that business has probably already, they're paying it forward to collaborate with you because they've probably already collaborated with another business that got them where they are. Such a good point. So it's the principle of buying the meal for the person in front of you in the drive-thru. As long as everybody keeps doing that, it works out really well, which is another thing when you get into that, there's not enough mindset, you muck up the system. (laughs) The system, the system works on us all believing there is plenty for everybody. And actually there's more than plenty for everybody when you run the numbers. So You know, I mean, it's a point of finding those businesses and collaborating with them so that you can be successful. And in reality, you bring something to the table, right? Every business that I have collaborated with because I wanted to build my list when I was new or that I wanted to get more traction in a specific area and I've collaborated with that business, that business has also ended up benefiting. And every time I've done it with somebody else that I've ended up benefiting from that as well. So there's a lot to 
to these joint venture opportunities. And I spend a lot of time helping people figure out how to put together joint ventures. And there's a lot to it. And in the episode that we did, we covered all the little ins and outs of how you set that up and make sure that you're well protected. Because I don't know about you, Kara, but I've been on some joint ventures where the other person didn't know the rules and it didn't go so good. Yeah, there was, there's been growing pains when you don't take the time to really sit down and hash everything out and establish who's going to be responsible for what. But I think the big piece is just that the opportunity to pool strength and resources and the cost-saving opportunities that are there and the risk management piece of it. Just, I don't know, I just think being able to do that, like you said, anytime that I have formed a joint venture, it has been because I needed to grow in a specific area and I knew I couldn't do it by myself and I was able to create something truly unique from that. So I do, I really believe in this piece of the process. Absolutely. You have an interesting thing in your notes here about how collaborations can spark innovation. And I think that's such an important piece of the puzzle too, is that every time that I have collaborated with another business, I've come up with something new and interesting and different. And so is that business owner. We've up-leveled everything for both of us. The energy tends to do that. And as an extrovert, I need collaboration in my business. I need joint ventures in my business because it's part of what keeps me coming back. That's how I get energized. As an introvert, how does this feel for you when you are collaborating? What does that spark or flow feel for you? Because I know for me, it's part of my temperament. Yeah, as an introvert, we absolutely need this type of relationship as well because it helps pull us where we need to go, helps push us where we need to go. And it sets some guidelines and, and expectations in place that keep us moving and get us out of our little bubble. I don't know. I think that's really huge. The piece around, like you said, every time that I've joined up with someone, it's like my ideas are there, their ideas are there and they become something totally different. And that wouldn't have happened probably if we didn't sit down and have those brainstorming sessions together or do that actual work together. And that includes things like industry challenges, you know, things that we're all dealing with at the same time, you know, we may not be able to figure it out on our own, but when we come together, we can really put the time into figuring something out that works because we're not just working with the information from one business. We're working with a much bigger collective pot of data because we're working with that from multiple businesses. Absolutely. And you know, this can take on a life of its own too. A couple of years ago, I did a, I do, I still do lead an entrepreneur's resource circle for one of the local networking companies in Kansas City called Central Exchange. And back in COVID days, when we had to do everything online, we did a entire meeting session circle with the concept of joint ventures. And there happened to be three businesses in the room, all of which now the business owners have become people I consider friends. There was a lady named Miriam who does nutritional consulting. She's an awesome person who works with people who, if they have a diet that their doctor's given them and they're like, ah, no, I don't want to do it. And then Joni, who organizes people and Jen, who does fearless living coaching. And so what was funny is during the collaboration, I'm like, you guys ought to get together and do body, mind and spirit, you know, body, mind and mindset kind of stuff. So that's what they've done. And they have workshops together. And it's actually formed a whole nother little 
business. So that joint venture has gotten to be something that is beneficial for all of them. And they've developed a whole workshop around it. Those possibilities exist out there, but the key to you getting them, dear listener, is that you have to be open to them. And if you're in that closed mindset that we mentioned at the top of this episode of where everything is competition, those opportunities don't come to you. So it's because you've said, no, I, I can't do that, right? I've got to have this. If you stop and you shift the gears in your mindset, I'm open to those kind of things coming into my life and into my business. It's funny. It's like magic. They will appear. I love it. All right. So I think we're ready to move into big three, number three, becoming an active industry supporter and networker. This one really just comes down to having that collaborative mindset, which we've been talking about all along and how important that is to foster healthy and positive, you know, movement in your industry. Thinking about it instead of cutthroat competition, thinking about how we can lift one another up to create an environment that's better for everyone. I do like also this piece around cross-promotion, which we haven't talked a ton about, but I like that cross-promotion allows opportunities to tap into each other's client bases. And that can sound kind of scary. And, oh, then we find ourselves back in the fear factor or back thinking about our ego and our pride again. So I do find though that we all know different people. And when we can come together and collaborate, you just never know where the connections are going to lead you and how that's going to lead you into a new space. So that opportunity, I think, is there. I also like in this piece, when you're out there supporting and in the industry, you're being a networker, you're bolstering other people around you. One of the things that's kind of an unintended consequence of that is that you can enhance your own business reputation, the reputation of your business, you as a business owner, by simply being associated with other reputable businesses that have already established trustworthiness in the eyes of your hopeful client base. And I think that's a big unintended consequence that can happen. Like you connect yourself to the right businesses that have a good standing and that helps lift you unintentionally. And then I think the last piece that I just want to add to this, I'll let you chat because I know you have some things to say here, but we all need friends. Okay. (laughs) We need to make friends in this industry, in our industry and in our network. I need people. I don't know about you, Kim, but I need people that I can talk to about working in an animal-based industry, about the challenges of that, about the successes. I need people I can talk to that are in the photography industry that understand the ins and outs of things that care about it like I care. Having people in your life who understand what it's like to work in the industry and deal with the issues that you deal with on a daily basis is huge. A lot of times our partners, our significant others, our family, our friends that are outside of the industry, they have no idea what we deal with on a daily basis. And just having people that you are connected with. I mean, some of my best friends these days are people that I have met through collaboration in my business. I mean, I know you have a lot to add to that, but that's a big piece for me. Well, I think you said it all when you said, you know, this is how I support myself. That's why I created that whole document around a sustainability squad, because it is about sustainability. Being a business owner, as we've had many discussions, both on this podcast and off of it, is a lonely proposition, especially if you're a solopreneur. And even if you have employees and you have a big number of people that you work with, it can still be lonely because you have different relationships with those people 
people than you would with somebody who is necessarily doing the inside support versus the outer support. I realize those people are doing outer support, but I'm talking about that inner inside of you support and collaboration provides that for you. And imagine how lonely it is for that entrepreneur who sees all of those people as competition and won't even open the door. I know. It's like a tiny little island that they're living on by themselves. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the reason why I say new entrepreneurs struggle with this. I teach some classes for SCORE occasionally throughout the year that it's very baby entrepreneurs. It's people that just basically have a business idea and they're so like locked down with their business idea. They don't want to tell anybody and they won't discuss all of the details. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so lonely over there. I've been over there here let's open the door and come over here where it's not fearful and it's It's not fun over here. (laughs) It is a lot more fun over here and it's a lot more supportive. And the sustainability factor is so key because burnout and stress and anxiety, it is a baked in part of being an entrepreneur. And there's no reason to add to that plate. Your goal as an entrepreneur should be to pull those things off of your plate, or at least lessen the portion on your plate so that you don't have as much of that. And you have this idea, right? And you're keeping it so close to your chest. But the truth is, is if you share pieces of that or try to talk about it with other, but you're going to, you're going to make that idea better. Because you're going to have the input from other people that kind of get it. No one is going to be able to do what you do exactly and put your spin (laughs) on it. And I think that is the piece that's scary for people. Well, they're just going to take my idea and exactly do it. But what if you shared the idea and your idea was so much better because people around you could help support you and give you information and help make it better and help you troubleshoot what might be wrong with your idea? Yeah. Or where there's opportunities that you have missed. Right. And and I know we've mentioned, and I guess let's close out with this. We've mentioned several times during the podcast about people wanting their piece of pie. The reality is it's not a pie. <laughs> it's not pie. Yeah. And I think that metaphor kind of messes people up because they imagine it being this finite thing. And that they have to get a hold of their piece of it or there isn't going to be any. The reality is, is that it's not pie at all. It's much different than that. And to remove that thought from your mindset and and shift it over into understanding that it really isn't pie. You don't have to get a piece of it. There's no reason for you to scramble or worry or get concerned about that. It is becoming a part of a network that grows together that makes the difference. And we've also done a ton of episodes on networking and supporting each other through a network. And I encourage anyone who finds this topic interesting, who feels that hunger for, you know, I'm worried about the competition, or you've opened the door and decided this is something you want to do, go back and listen to those episodes because there's a lot of gold in those episodes to be able to figure out how to make this mindset shift and actually the technical pieces of how to make this work for you. So please go back and take a look through the previous episodes and look for the ones on joint ventures and on networking. And yeah, head out there. 
In this episode, though, without me giving the eight ways that I have, I believe that animal-based business owners that are in the same industry can collaborate instead of compete with each other. Can I do that now? You absolutely can. I didn't scroll down far enough to see these eight All right. Things. I've got some good ones Please, here. So I'm excited to see yep. what your thoughts are. Okay. So the first one is shared research. You can do research together on your industry and you can compile the data that you already have from like your existing experiences to really understand industry trends that are happening. So you've got a larger pool of data. I find this exceptionally helpful when I meet with other photographers. We share common experiences and find out that we're not alone or that, you know, that was a one-time situation. So I love that one. That's a big one. The second one has to do with things like supply chain. You can work together to really optimize your supply chain. So if you have to place product orders, one thing you can do is you can work with another business and place a larger product order together to save on costs. You might save on shipping or transportation costs, or even if you work together to save on storage fees, if you have to store like large products, or maybe you've got supplies that go into making a product that you both make so you can save by working together. Another one, we kind of started talking about the co-creation of product packages together. So you can join forces and create packages that harness each of your business strengths. So this can result in something that's really unique in your market and something that you may have never have been able to do on your own. So a great example might be when Kim was talking about the wedding photographer versus the horse photographer, like working together to create something that's really perfect for the equestrian person that's getting married. There's a lot of things out there I'm thinking about. So that could be other people in the wedding industry or other people in the animal industry. So maybe if you're a horse trainer, maybe you collaborate with a farrier and a, and a dentist and a veterinarian and you create really great packages for your clients. Other opportunities, we've talked about the joint ventures for specific projects. So you can form that joint venture that we've been talking about and really share those risks and rewards for creating a new service or even entering a new market. So if you're thinking about what if we decided we wanted to do this one specific thing, but you're scared to do it alone because there's a lot of costs wrapped up, a lot of risk, you could be in financial trouble if it fails. But if you shared those risks with someone, it's not as dangerous for your business. This next piece is around sharing best practices and industry knowledge. You can work together to create educational opportunities for your community. Maybe you guys could pool your resources and bring an expert to town to host a clinic. You can create work groups where you bounce ideas and troubleshoot problems together. It's also a great way to train new employees. So if you both are bringing in new people, you could bring in someone that could train both of them and you could have them do that at the same time. So save your money and save your time by working together on that. Referrals. So not every client is going to be a good fit for you. We've talked about that already. Might not be a good fit for your business or the services that you offer. By having a process and knowledge of people that are in your community that you want to make referrals to, this can actually it strengthens your relationship with the other business owners, but it also will strengthen your relationship with your clients that you're making the referrals for. Whenever I'm knowledgeable and I have an equestrian client that maybe they're having a wedding or they've got a family reunion they want photographed, I'm not going to do that for them. But by knowing other photographers that are willing to do that and being willing to share that information, that is really huge. And that's relationship building and building trust for you and your existing client. 
they'll remember that you didn't ignore that request that they had. Even though you didn't serve them, you still provided them with a reputable option. Another thing that I have here has to do with resourcing, resource sharing. I kind of mentioned it a little bit above, but sharing resources that are expensive. So this might be sharing an office space, sharing storage space, rental costs. If there's high dollar equipment that you don't need all the time, you guys could invest in it together and share the equipment as needed. We see this in the photography industry in terms of like shared shooting space. So you might have a studio space that you allow other photographers to shoot in. That's giving your direct competition space to shoot. So that's a great example of how that works. And then the last piece that I have, and then we can wrap up this show, is on advocacy and lobbying. So animal-based business owners can work together to address industry-specific challenges, and they can come together to be a unified voice. A great example that I have is here in Florida, we allow horses to ride on the beach during certain times of the year, certain times of the day. And that is something that wasn't always the case, but horse people and businesses that did riding tours and that sort of thing in our community, equestrians, they all came together and lobbied to have the permission and the allowance to have horses on the beach in the first place. That didn't just happen because the county was like, sure, go ahead, ride on the beach. There was a lot of challenges that were presented to that. So anytime that that becomes challenged again, the equestrian community comes together from all their different walks of life to help support that right and to keep that open for horse riders in our community. So that's a big list. I went through them fast, but I could not end the show without making sure people saw some actual ways that they could make this work in their business. And maybe it's a little less scary. What do you think? I love it. I love all of these. I think they're so important. And some, some of them, I think probably just gave some people some new ideas that they didn't even think was possible in collaborating with another business. I never thought about the supply chain one. I know, right? I don't have any products. So, but it's, it's, um, I don't sell many products, but, uh, yeah, all of these are great, Kara. I love how you find all of these golden nuggets and share them with us. So thank you for that. And I hope everybody's enjoyed this episode. And I know that we've both woke up by this point now, so we're ready to get out there and start our day. And I hope you guys get ready to get out there and collaborate with each other. And we'd love to hear about any collaborations that you make off of this episode or any other ideas that you have around collaboration over competition. You can check us out on social media at The Business Animal and feel free to reach out and please make sure that you give us a little collaboration when you're on your favorite podcast listening platform to give us ratings and reviews and also share us with your other animal-based business owner friends so that we can keep spreading the word. So thank you and have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Business Animal. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you learned something today, leave us a review. To learn more, find us at thebusinessanimal.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep your business well-trained with The Business Animal.